Podcasting live at the time we recorded it. From the studios in downtown Gulfport, Florida, it's WGAB, The Gabcast. Welcome back to WGAB, The Gabcast, a Gabber newspaper production. I'm Patrick Heinzen, the news and politics reporter for The Gabber newspaper. And today I'm sitting here with current Ward 1 council member and a candidate for the upcoming March 19th Gulfport election, April Thanos. Welcome. Thank you for coming on and talking to us for a little bit. Thank um, you. Yeah, we're, it's great to have you. Um, you've been in office since 2020, correct? Yes. Since 2020, and you are now running for this year uh, for re-election in Ward 1, and election season is pretty much, we're, what, about a month away from the election? Yeah. So it's definitely heating up and... I'm sure you've been very busy, but thank you very much for taking some time to come and sit with us. Great. So what kind of are the main touch points of your campaign for this year? I know that you, anybody who's been to a council meeting can understand you're a stout environmentalist and you really enjoy talking with the community, but what would you say are kind of the the main things that you want to look at with your campaign this time? Basically doing more of the same, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yes, environmental issues are a big issue Mm -hmm. because we're right on the coast. We're very low. Mm -hmm. Climate change is happening. We've seen that from the weather this past year. And um, we we need to be prepared and plan Mm -hmm. and and do as much as we can. We can't raise Gulfport. That Mm -hmm. would be ideal. (laughs) But we can't do that. So we need to do whatever we can and find out what the latest um, state-of-the-art things are to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we are doing a, a sustainability study and a stormwater study, and this, especially the sustainability study. You need that to get grants for the kind of projects that we might find would be useful to help prevent yeah. flooding and other things. Yeah. So that, and of course, the trees and the tree giveaway, and mm-hmm. I'm hoping to get even more money for trees because there are grants out there mm-hmm. for that. And um, and whatever we find that we can do that would help mitigate heat, mm-hmm. flooding, sea level rise, storm surge. Yeah, we're doing living shorelines, so that helps. Um, you know, maybe we could get them in town shores and PYCC to do that as well. You know, it's a little harder there because mm-hmm. they have a lot of boat ramps and all that. But um, you know, whatever, because I go to a lot of meetings, and so whatever I hear is something that they're doing somewhere. Mm-hmm. If it's something that might work for us, then I would bring that to council. And then also, it's getting definitely more expensive to live in Gulfport. <laughs> and so whatever we can do about affordability, and on council, we can't do much about the insurance other than lobbying the legislature. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the kinds of things we can do... Um, we should look at. And, and that's some of the issues about um, workforce housing that I've been looking at. Yeah, I remember at the last council meeting, there was, I mean, you brought up a discussion about affordable housing and about kind of, like you said, there is sort of a misconception about how much the city can do themselves, but that doesn't mean that the city can't do anything. Correct. And um, you and Mayor Henderson were talking a little bit about that. And how that is a thing that will be addressed after the elections. But for this next month, what do you see? I mean, I think, what is there, two more meetings until right. the election? So right. regardless of whether you're reelected or not, what do you think you can do in those two meetings to continue to 
promote the things that you've been talking about because I know when I talked with you this um, week for the um, for this week's article about some of the leftover questions from the from the candidate forum, you said that while you you said that you're interested in the position because there were things that you saw that you cared about that were being represented, but you were also very much so talking about how you the the biggest thing that you care about is what the community cares about. Correct. So how do you feel that in these next two meetings you can kind of continue to promote that, whether or not you're reelected, how you can make sure that whatever you are putting together is setting up Gulfport after the election? In the next two meetings, I don't think there's much, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I did see somebody sent me an article about what they're doing in another city, mm-hmm. and I'm going to send that to the other council people so they don't think that it's just mm-hmm. me and my ideas <laughs> that this is happening all over the country. And again, you know, there's things that we can do to build more duplexes, triplexes, mm-hmm. mother-in-law units, that kind of thing. You know, if people want to, it's not like you're telling somebody yeah. they have to. It's only if they want to, um, and we. But we could make it easier to do that, mm-hmm. so that that would add more smaller units. So you know, they're still going to be market rate, but mm-hmm. but at least they're smaller, so they're usually less expensive. Yeah. And then again, I think it takes a real community conversation to see whether the community wants to do that mm-hmm. because it might be something that's happening in a lot of places and it may be the only things that we can do, but we have to decide whether we want to do them. Exactly. But I think it should be a community conversation rather than just the council. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A- along with that kind of you, like you said, you're very, you care more about what the community has to say and you're very active in the community. I've noticed you've had a lot of meet and greets and you enjoy talking with people, but, what is something that through your campaign you feel like people should know about you that isn't really talked about or that they wouldn't know? About me personally. About you or yeah. your campaign, anything, yeah. you know? Well, I think a lot of people don't know that my background's in international shipping mm-hmm. and that I lived in, I've lived in Greece, El Salvador, oh, wow. London, and Australia. Wow. So I spent over 10 years overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a almost, she'll be 40 this next month year old daughter that I adopted from India as a single parent. So I've always been a single parent. And she, of course, traveled with me to mm-hmm. not all those places, but most of them. I yeah. love my pets. And, <laughs> you know, I thought it was so cute. Last time we were filming our, uh, our podcast, they were setting up for the, for Flora's oh, meet and greet yes. that was happening. And I thought the, I, I remember seeing the banner and how cute it was with, hi, I'm Flora. And, me and my mom are inviting you and your dogs to a meet and greet. I thought that yeah, was adorable. Flora is very popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> she. I remember meeting her. She was great. Um, just looking forward for the future of you and Gulfport and on council. Um, if you are reelected, what do you? Th- how do you think the council would continue to work, considering the rest of the council is supporting your opponent? The rest of the council supported my opponent last time. Mm-hmm. So it's really no different than it's been all along. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand entirely why <laughs> they... they um, I, I mean, obviously, everybody can support whoever they want. Yeah. But I, I sometimes feel like there's personal animosity about what things that I bring to council. And I never mean to bring things... Because 
it will irritate somebody. Mm -hmm. It's because I've been going to meetings and learning these things. And most of the others don't go to very many meetings. And so, and because I don't work, I can go. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to bring these things back to the council to help us move forward and to help us make the most informed decisions that we can. Yeah. And so that's what I'll continue to do, you know, and again, you know, I think the more support that the community brings, Mm -hmm. the more people who come to council and express their feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, whether they agree with me or not, at least we'll go in the direction that the people want to go. Absolutely. I, uh, do you think that that feeling of, I mean, like you said, you, you don't intentionally bring stuff to tick off the other council members or upset anybody, but do you think that the feeling of the way that a lot of the things you bring up are shot down, or especially with how you've been pushing to have recent town halls or workshops and they've asked to wait until after the election, do you feel that that's discouraged you in any way, or do you feel like it's a little bit more fuel to the fire kind of thing? So I actually, you know, did want to have another town hall Mm -hmm. about um, the tree canopy and um, doing a tree inventory. Yeah. As it turns out, I may have put that off myself because it turns out with meeting with Public Works and Dave Mather, who does our IT, Mm -hmm. that it's way more complicated than I thought. (laughs) So it it probably we weren't ready to do it then anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... and I know that they've mentioned that before, but, but I didn't know it was a rule, but whatever, you yeah. know, I'm fine with that. And, um, you know, some of the other people in town might not have been, but, you, you know, whatever. We can wait mm-hmm. and we'll deal with it when the time comes. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't get on council, I'll still want to do a tree inventory mm-hmm. and I'll still want to do things like native plantings around Wood Ibis Park and, yeah. and other things, just like we did the rain garden before mm-hmm. I was on council. Yeah, well... I, I'm very excited for the rest of the election season. I'm sure you are, too, although it's a lot of work and <laughs> a lot of busyness. But thank you so much for sitting in and speaking with us, April. I really appreciate you being here. You're welcome. And good luck on the rest of your campaign. Thank you. Tune in next week to hear us talk with Tom Bixler about his campaign. But also stay tuned right now for everyone's favorite segment, Kathy with a Cop, coming up next on WGAB The Gabcast. Did you know, in 1968, our founder, George Brand, started the Gabber newspaper, then called the Gulfport Gabber, to hold Gulfport City Council accountable. Read more of our City Council coverage and learn about our policies on reporting, fact-checking, and funding. Visit thegabber.com. Everyone, we're back. Uh, I'm Kathy Celestri Loper, the publisher of the paper, and of course, we're here with Chief Rob Vincent, Gulfport Chief of Police. Thanks for being with us. I know you have stuff. We got three minutes. We got three minutes. This will be easy. <laughs> so, as long as we're talking about elections, um, I have never seen an election in Gulfport where the Gabber was not given multiple reports of my signs have been stolen. Um, I bet we got more than you. Oh, no, I'm sure you do. But um, I will tell you, uh, I had a sign when I, for the brief time where I didn't work at the Gabber, and I could have a sign in my yard, I had a sign taken. And I was like, son of a bitch, they stole my sign. And then sure enough, no, my sign was not legally placed, and they came and took it. Oh, the city took your sign. The city took my sign. Case closed. There you go. So the point is, this... 
sign stealing because we've had one of the candidates supporters have been calling saying did you know so and so has had some campaign signs taken and my response is well we're not going to cover sign theft unless the police actually make an arrest (laughs) and charge somebody with campaign sign theft or whatever that is we're not reporting on it because it takes away from the issues right but i mean how serious of a problem is this should we does it matter I mean, it matters. You shouldn't steal property, but... Sure. I mean, if it was my sign, I'd be concerned. But in order for us to make an arrest, they would have to steal $750 worth of signs. I'm not sure how much the signs cost one one sign, but I imagine that's a lot of signs. So you don't arrest people for less than $750? Nope. i got to go next door for a minute. <laughs> no, not the same thing? We could write a report, send the report to the prosecutor. The prosecutor could file charges. You could end up sentenced to jail after a trial, but pretty unlikely. So, you just don't. And this we'll, upsets we'll, some We'll people. take the report. If there's any evidence to follow up on, we'll follow up on it. If we can make a case, we'll make the case and send it up. Hi. But uh, it's... it's uh, The state. It's the, up to the state is what you're yeah, saying. Uh, but on the, on the scale of things that are happening in Gulfport, that's definitely not our top priority for police work. So how many calls would you say? I know you don't. I, you didn't come with all your stats, but how, how many calls do you get during elections about this? Probably a couple a week on average, I would say. And what do people do when you give them this answer? Are they upset or do they just kind of go, okay. Well, the, the first thing we do is check our own records to see if it was a police officer who may have moved it. Every like time, with me. Yeah. Every time a police officer finds a, not every time, if, if they are going to take some sort of action to move an illegally placed sign, they will first try to move it onto an appropriate area. Now, a lot of times, signs are placed on the right-of-way, and the adjacent property owner says, no, I don't want that on my property. So then we have to take it. And then if we can't find the candidate's representative to give it back to them, then we just discard it or hold it. Same with city code enforcement. They'll take them up, too. So if, if we find that we took it, then we can say, all right, here's your sign. Come get it. Otherwise. We're not going to keep it because, you know, if, if we have to keep their sign around forever, then they're going to pay a fine for the illegally placed sign in the first place. All right. Fair. fair. Okay. So you said that you got other things to police. What's the biggest problem in Gulfport? People leaving their cars unlocked is the biggest problem. So Has been for a long time. I'm tired of hearing about people leaving their cars unlocked. I'm tired yeah. of running the press releases and rewriting them and trying to find a new way to tell people, lock your car. Well, obviously, let me rephrase that. Problem is us catching the kids who are doing it and nothing happening. There was, I mean, you probably saw in the news this week uh, about proposed legislation for stiffer penalties for kids who are caught with guns. That's because there are currently very little in, t- in the way of penalties for any juvenile crime. It's been that way forever. Um, well, that's how you told us last week you got to I be know. a cop, is you didn't get a record for whatever exactly. <laughs> horrible thing you won't tell us you did as a child. I told you. Eh. Yeah, I know you did. It wasn't that big of a deal. But but okay. I, so, didn't, I didn't take a gun out of a car, though. So as someone who has had things stolen at a place I live from, burglary, one of the things that came as a shock to me is that it's not the cops. You, you can do your job. You can do everything. You can even catch the people. And I had a police officer not in Gulfport tell me I'm arresting the same kid every week oh, yeah. because it's just a a cycle. And that's got to be very frustrating for officers. Yeah, young kid we arrested 
I wouldn't say we arrested. He was probably arrested 15 times for auto theft as a juvenile. Shortly after his 18th birthday, he decided to do the same thing for which he never had any consequences. Turns out the car had two children in the back seat. Now he's going to go to prison for kidnapping. So had he learned his lesson as a kid through some kind of consequence, he might not have done that as an adult. And it's just frustrating. That's sad. Very, very frustrating. Yeah. But had he stolen any campaign signs? Didn't find any campaign signs in the car. There you go. Chief, (laughs) I know your time is short. Thanks for being on the podcast today. My pleasure. We'll see you next week. We'll hit uh, more hard-hitting non-campaign related crimes. I hope. I hope I didn't just jinx us with that. Oh, gosh. I know. It's coming up on a full moon. You never know. All right. It's on my calendar. Okay. We'll see you next week, and we'll be right back after this. The Gabber newspaper? Yeah. We go there. We're back, and look who's back with me. Assistant Editor Cam Healy, News and Politics Reporter Pat Heinzen, and uh, we're almost done. We have one great thing to talk about, I understand, right? Yeah, we, uh, so, the ever-popular and mysterious Gulfport Family Restaurant piqued the interest of Gulfportians since its sudden closure in 2022, but the restaurant isn't coming back, but there's somebody new there. So a restaurant is coming back. A restaurant is coming back. The... The Gulfport Family Restaurant is no longer there, but we have an exciting newcomer and coming in. Did we not send somebody to take a look at what's happening there? We did. Who did we yeah, send? That's true. We sent our very own assistant editor, Cameron Healy. Hey, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I had the pleasure of talking with Sal. He's the owner of the Corner Cafe, which is now in place of where the Gulfport Family Restaurant previously was and like we said it just closed in 2022 and so sal he bought the restaurant in july of 2023 and he had a lot of changes for the place one of the things which i find very exciting is that he will have server bots he'll have robots that will bring the food out as like kind of a food runner expo um there will still be human servers don't worry, somebody will be taking your order and greeting you. But that is some way that the food will get from the kitchen to the table is a robot. So an expediter, a food expediter. Yes. So do we have to tip the robots? No. Do we have to tip the servers? Yes. Always tip can your I, servers. Always tip your servers. Can I be mad at the robot if my steak is raw? No. That has nothing to do with the robots. The robots did not have anything to do with that. So, so wait, wait, wait. Let me go back. Because when an expediter brings your food, you're like, okay, this is great. I need a side of mayo. Can you tell the robot you want a side of mayo? That's a great question, Kathy. We should go ask. I think we need to go eat there. <laughs> okay, we'll go do that when they open. So <laughs> what's happening is they aren't opening until the beginning of March. They said late February, first week of March. Um, he has been approved by the city to open in January, but he was like, no, I want things to be perfect when I open. So he has a couple more weeks to get ready. He said there's going to be a grand opening. He's very excited because this is still going to be a family restaurant, but it's going to have a little classy vibe to it. He put all of his 40 years of restaurant experience into making this place have that restaurant family restaurant feel, but still make things mm-hmm. classy. And the pictures pretty. look amazing. Oh, yeah. And I drove by it today. Yeah. And it looks totally different. It Definitely. doesn't look anything like it looked. Is and it still like, the same facade as the? No, it's, it's a it, new building. It's no, it's the, the facade is different. Okay. It's like so. If you hadn't seen the family restaurant before, it was kind of more like a diner looking vibe, like mm-hmm. the checkered 
flooring and like red seats. Like old school. Yes, old school. And now everything's kind of has a Gulfport fancy. Yeah, it's like fancy. It's a little bit more modest looking. Um, but all of his um, entrees. So he's going to have breakfast and lunch and all of it is very decorative. He said no plate will leave the kitchen without any decorations. He has the edible flowers, homemade sauces and various toppings cool. for everything. So I'm excited to try the pancakes. They looked mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Um, I don't know. And they, they're relatively um, inexpensive too. Yeah. I feel like when people think classy fancy you think it's gonna be a little bit more expensive well whenever no. you think there's a robot bringing your food to the table <laughs> there's a little bit it's, it's, but but they look no. really cool so go to the gabber.com and find the article which is in our food section and business beat section and you can see the pictures of the rope the robots have mm-hmm. names you said right? yes actually they <laughs> do Tell us about that he said that they're named after his granddaughters angie and annie cool. so <laughs> They really are making a difference in his restaurant. And they can sing happy birthday too? Yes. Oh my gosh. He showed me that they can sing happy birthday. It's not like, you know, the words, but it does the tune. And then at the end, they it says happy birthday. And like, <laughs> it's very cute. So there's like a little program within the robots that um, will happen is like the server will press the screen of which table it's going to and it will just roll on over there. And um, the server or whoever will grab the plates and put them on the table but at least i'm thinking this is going to be more innovative and helpful for servers because i've been a server having to hold multiple plates all over my arms well, that's mm-hmm. what they're for i can yeah. still do that in my and house I've, but i'm just saying is like this will be helpful for any server just needing an extra hand without having to be like hey can somebody <laughs> take two seconds to help me you have a robot and the server doesn't have to tip out the robot like they would a food runner so that's more money for the server. everybody's everybody's happy i'm hoping i'm i'm excited to see how the robots work i've never I, been in a restaurant I with a robot personally you, don't you have a birthday one of you has a birthday My coming birthday soon your birthday's coming up your soon, birthday's so. close to when it's opening so we should go there i'm gonna be off on my birthday <laughs> well we should go there the day before your birthday early and, birthday celebration and have the robot sing happy birthday to that'd you. be, be actually so fun i can't wait i'm ve- right. i mean i'm very excited i I mean, we're, we are sitting outside of Stella's, so I'm sure that people aren't going to destroy their loyalty to one of the best no. breakfast no, restaurants in the area. Nothing is going to stop people from coming to Stella's. To no, I'm, I'm not saying, but I'm just but saying Stella's I'm very excited to go and try some different S- breakfast. Stella's doesn't for. have robots. No, they don't. And they also, when there's a two-hour wait in February on a Tuesday for Stella's, it's nice that there's an alternative. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, yes. people just show up at Stella's cranky and hungry that they had to wait two hours. <laughs> yeah. better for so, everybody. There's a new breakfast and lunch restaurant in town, and I think they will they will hit it off with Gulfport. I'm sure. Looking forward you to know, it. You know, I'm excited. So it's... they they seem very excited, and they have a lot of new things going on. All these upgrades. Apparently, when he bought the place, every permit was out of date, and he was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to start over. Like everything was a like, let's according from, to him, right? Let's yeah. just make sure because we'll get letters like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, yeah. Again, this is what he said to me. Um, so everything was updated. Well, Kathy, along with that, because I'm relatively new to Gulfport, Cam's relatively new. To yeah, Gulfport. Kathy's been here since you- the dawn of when were the dinosaurs here? <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to ask <laughs> if you could tell us a little bit about your experience with the Gulfport family restaurant oh, see, back I, then. I, well, I, you don't got to talk about your personal, but like. It was a very different Gulfport, right? So yeah. when I moved wow. to Gulfport, there was no Stella's. Uh, oh, wow. There was no Tuesday market. Not my Gulfport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, I get, when I get really mad trying to park to get into the Gabber office, I'll say, damn it, when I move to Gulfport, you could come to Gulfport's downtown and find a parking spot. Yeah, so that real. feels a little bit like, you damn kids, get off my lawn. Um, but Gulfport Family Diner was just... Eggs, bacon, and hamburgers. It was definitely a diner. I don't want to say it was like retro because it just mm-hmm. was a diner. It was a very different. It wasn't retro at your time. It's retro for me. <laughs> retro is something that happens intentionally, young one. <sighs> Vintage? I don't it, know. It, it, it was old. It was old. They talked about it on In Living Color. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Dang, I miss the 80s. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, let me know when you're done. <laughs> I'm done. So much fun to come on this podcast. I did have a question <laughs> that <laughs> I, I just I, did not I think I, just I answered it. Yeah. So what's your question? Well, no, that, that was you did if answer the question. you say dinosaur, you're fired. <laughs> I, I love dinosaurs. <laughs> fired. <laughs> OMG. Uh, <laughs> what did you, what, did no, I answer no, your yeah, question? Yeah, you did. I just okay. wanted, I mean, like I said, the we've talked about the Gulfport Family Restaurant has a certain mystique. You know, people. It, it had an aesthetic that, yeah. that mm-hmm. was really probably not working in Gulfport as much as it did 20 years ago. So, you know, when people are allowed to retire, but I think, you know, April was on the podcast. This is how we'll close it out, right? April came on the podcast <laughs> and I didn't hear her answer because I was not on mic. Mm-hmm. But I think part of what you know, April's struggle is, is people sometimes are a little fearful of change and she's pushing for things mm-hmm. that, and I'm not saying that we endorse one over the other. That's not what I'm saying, but I think that's been part of her struggle. Yeah. And I think as we have more people move to Gulfport and things change, it can be hard for people. Mm-hmm. Um, some change is good though. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if a restaurant isn't working and somebody wants to retire or sell the business, they're allowed to. Somebody new comes in with a new thing. It happened mm-hmm. with the Gabber. We bought it. We changed it. Brought you two chuckleheads in. You're welcome. Yeah. Got some youthful energy in the office. We definitely She's do. But, lucky. uh, Yes, well, let's just leave it at that. So uh, I'm happy to see I'm happy to see something new there. I can't I'm wait excited. to go see the robots and oh, right? yeah. not tip them. It'll be great. Yeah. Which one are you more excited to see, An- Angie or Annie? I don't know. First, I have to look up how these robots work because I am so old. I know. Anyway. <laughs> and with that. Thank you for watching and listening. Oh, sorry. My bad, Kathy. Never your pretty face. Oh, my God. <laughs> So thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week on WGAB The Gabcast.